Welcome to a series of netcasts brought to you by Yale University. Hippocrates said that healing is a matter of time, but sometimes also a matter of opportunity. This is Colleen Chaddix for the Yale Office of Public Affairs. I'm talking with Dr. Ketevan Chaharasvili, president of Curatio International Foundation. Curatio is Latin for healing. The patients her organization tends are not individuals, but large healthcare systems where the opportunity to have an impact is vast. Dr. Chaharasvili is currently a world fellow, part of a Yale University program designed for emerging leaders around the globe. What inspired you to walk away from the actual care of patients to devote yourself to health policy? Uh, the actual problems I was facing in the system working as an, a practitioner. Mm-hmm. Every time I was trying to prescribe something, the first thing was coming on the mind, that's if actually patient can afford that stuff. So at some point I thought that probably it was trying to fix the system and make it much more affordable and accessible for the people than try to deal with the particular cases as in a patient's. Karadio is working in the Southern Caucasus, Central Asia, North Africa, and the Middle East. What do those places all have in common? Scarcity of resources mm. in first place. Um, accessibility, affordability, quality of the care. These are the main signs you face and you see when you are getting to those countries. Uh, there are a lot of details these countries do not like each other in, but just trying to fix the problem from inside, that's, that's the biggest thing you are trying to do at mm-hmm. some point. Uh, in Africa, the biggest problem is the human resources, for instance. In other countries we work for, just the general financial resources which are not available for the system. You're a native Georgian, and a lot of your work's been based in Georgia. What are the challenges to providing good health care in a former Soviet republic? Again, availability of resources Mm -hmm. on both sides, the state, government side, as well as the population side. So uh, people actually cannot afford the good quality care. that's the biggest challenge. Uh, and then you you get trapped into the chain reactions. I mean, state is not funding the system. System is deteriorating. People do not go to the doctor the first moment they feel something wrong. So when they get there, it costs mm-hmm. quite a lot. So it's quite scary to look how the system is working for the moment. So again, I mean, affordability and accessibility, as I've already mentioned, is the main problem for the country. So in all these places, would just a massive influx of resources solve the problem? That's not the only Mm problem-solving issue. Uh, You need to understand how to use those resources and where to direct them. That's that's the problem because even with have within a scarce resource, a system can be fixed Mm -hmm. if those resources are used effectively, which is unfortunately not the case. You've been in the U.S. for a few months now, looking at our system. What would you change about ours if you could? (laughs) Well, a few months is not enough to understand the problems with the U.S. system. Uh, But what strikes me, that's some kind of similarity with the countries I work for and work in. Uh, I've learned that in the United States, the health status is one of the biggest drivers to bankruptcy. Really? Which is the... For me, it was a surprise because mm-hmm. if you look at a lot of developing countries, uh, health conditions are the main driver for dropping households just above the poverty line 
below the poverty line. As soon as some case needs to be hospitalized, household may face the rough financial situation. So that kind of similarity, I mean, I'm pretty sure no one outside of U.S. is expecting something like that. But that was my biggest surprise (laughs) facing the U.S. system. How similar we are, yeah. Yeah. And is that a combination of facing those huge bills and loss of work time? Well, it's it's a combination of a lot of things. I mean, first of all, you have quite a big portion of the population not covered by the health insurance. Mm-hmm. Whoever is covered, um, the coverage is not full. Um, and then you have quite a uh, high cost for the services which insurance or the patients are paying out of the mm-hmm. pocket. So... This kind of combination might drive you to the bankruptcy, which, which is not unpleasant. No, not at of all. course. Now I know you have a special interest in reproductive health. Tell me about Caradio's work in that area. Um, what we are trying to do, we are trying to assist the governments uh, mainly to develop the adequate reproductive health policy, just to make sure that the people understand that the maternal and child health. Uh, is a very important part of the general development for the countries. So we are trying to produce the hard evidence, Mm -hmm. doing a lot of research in the field. Whatever we are proposing, will it be the policy for the country or the implementation plan for that policy? Uh, We are trying to base it on the hard evidence around the world, just to make sure that that thing is working appropriately. And how can NGOs be part of the larger solution systems? Is it through what you're talking about right now, providing information to show governments what the smart way to go is? Um, it might be the combination, but the way we are doing that, yeah, it's it's try to provide the information, recommendation based on the hard evidence in first place. Try to advocate for the changes and make sure that whatever you are designing and putting in place is working, Mm -hmm. just trying to monitor and evaluate uh, ongoing programs to make sure to fix the things which are not working on time and to be sure that whatever is in place will be sustainable at least for 10, 15 years. And then it's a vast experience uh, for the countries who are not using the NGOs in that field because Mm -hmm. NGOs are there, governments might come and go, And NGOs are the people who have the kind of technical uh, experience and the knowledge that has to be used by the countries. That's interesting. You're actually working in regions where an NGO might be more stable than the government. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's the case. a very different experience. It also strikes me that the things you're talking about, you know, really looking at evidence and looking at what works, is what we've known was true in medicine for 100 years in clinical interventions, you know, you, you need to test this drug and see that it actually makes people better and doesn't make them sicker. But to look at systems that way is somewhat newer. Uh, yes. Uh, a lot of people are trying to use the same kind of the blueprints when they are trying to talk and work in the systems, which mm-hmm. is not the case. A lot of countries we work in, um, there are similarities in the system. But then you get the culture, then you get the mentality, then you get the differences in the resources. So in every case, you have to make sure that whatever you are proposing, it's going to work and that's appropriate mm-hmm. for the particular country and particular environment. So you can't transplant a system wholesale? No, not always. Your organization has grown dramatically since you took the helm. What's it been like to manage that kind of change? 
challenging, <laughs> I would say, because majority of the stuff I was doing uh, since I became the president, that was more learning by doing experience, mm-hmm. which was tough. But the fact that I'm here and I'm the part of the World Fellows Program, I can assume that I've done that stuff quite well. So, uh, Tell me a little bit about the numbers. How many employees have you gone from? For the way? moment, we have 37 permanent staff members in headquarters in Georgia because we have two small offices outside of the country as well. And then we have quite an extensive li- list of consultants, somewhere 350 people. Mm-hmm. So for the Georgian reality and the Georgian non-governmental organization, that, that is the big stuff. Tell me a little bit more about your World Fellowship. What are you taking away? What are you going to bring back to your work? First of all, it's a great experience uh, just being in this environment with people from quite in diverse countries as well as diverse backgrounds. Mm-hmm. You don't get that chance quite often in your life. Uh, being the part of the Yale community even just for one semester, that's another part of that experience. So I would take back quite a bit of the new knowledge and experience, information, a lot of new great friends, and um, a lot of new contacts which might be useful for my work uh, back home. But I hope I was somehow helpful and useful for the Yale community as well, just trying to share my experience from back home. Thank you. We've been talking with Dr. Ketavan Chakharasvili, president of Karatio International Foundation. For more information, please visit yale.edu slash worldfellows. Patients her organization tends are not individuals, but large healthcare systems where the opportunity to have an impact is vast.